The Sour Hour is meant for the serious brewer. The Sour Hour may contain some seriously funkified content. The Sour Hour is not for the faint of heart. So exercise some damn discretion, would you please? Sheesh. And now, here's the Sour Hour with Jay Goodwin. Perfect timing, Scott. I'm going to nail the uh, what the outro on this show. Yeah, we'll see. It's that time. Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. I'm your host, Jay. Brewing Network Studios in downtown Concord here with Bevo. Hi. Nice. Nice. And Scott. Hello. Back with tonight's guest, Bootleg Biology, in just a moment. <laughs> Bevo disapproved of your hello. No, I was just saying that mine was better. I tried um, to match tone, but I, I think I didn't do it. What do you think good. about this one, Bevo? Hello! Where? We've been, you know, we, Danica, not my girlfriend, and I have been uh, binge-watching. But she doesn't know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, she does. It is a throwback to the last show, a show you hate. I'm sure I was listening. <laughs> you met, you you brought it up that you hate this show. I do. I, I'm sure I hate it. Um, hold on a minute. Hello! I, I, I don't remember. Scott's loading a clip as we speak. Oh, I hate the show. <laughs> <laughs> Awful. No, she's her headphones. She doesn't even oh, like the bass. So good. She put them back on. Just had to do that. <laughs> so anyway, you guys have been watching? Yeah, binge watching. Uh, so I've been watching recently, too. Have you really? Yeah. So it's been I've, a long uh, time. My girlfriend's a little bit younger than me, so she, I think Seinfeld was before her time. And so I've, been, <laughs> I've introduced her to it. And we started on season one, episode one, on the pilot. We've been watching in order, mm-hmm. which is a, a much different experience than watching it in, it is, in syndication, yeah. like mm-hmm. on TNT, when, you know, just randomly some Steinbrenner episode will come on, which is like, you know, deep season six or something. Yeah. Watching in order is, it's delightful. It's wonderful. Because uh, there are some connectivity jokes there. Right, yeah. There's a lot of continuity in that series. Yeah. <laughs> this is going to be our rejoiner for uh, for this show. Yeah, here, since so we're not going to do, do another. Give one. me a welcome back to the Sour Hour. Oh, that's right. Welcome back to the Sour Hour. What's the deal with THP? <laughs> I mean, you spend all this time making a beer, you put it in a bottle, and it's like, what is this? Cheerios? You guys are absolutely the worst. <laughs> Literally the worst. That was extremely enjoyable. I don't I'm know if so anyone else enjoyed that, but like I, so had, I just had a great time there. <laughs> I enjoyed it. If you liked it too, call 888-401-BEER. You won't, but that's okay. Join us in the chat. Scott's struggling. <laughs> I got to take a sip of a Russian River beer here and calm my nerves. That's a good beer, isn't it's a it? great beer. What's it? Key? Something about a key? Key grip? Join us in the chat. Send us feedback. Scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Jay at thebrewingnetwork.com. Watch us, thebrewingnetwork.com slash TV. Listen live to the Brewing Network app. Search BN Mobile. Subscribe and leave feedback on stuff. Scott? Key grip. Key grip. Russian River. Great. Sour Hour t-shirts. They're in the t-shirt shop. They certainly are. Brewingnetwork.com slash store. They're great looking shirts uh, in all uh, shapes and sizes. We got our, our new logo on there. You'll you'll have some street cred at your next uh, homebrew club meeting with the Sour Hour T-shirt in the Brewing Network store. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. uh, let's bring back our guests. Hello, hello. Welcome right. back to the show. Do you guys watch Seinfeld? Yes. Of course. Yes. 
for sure. All right. Favorite moment or episode? And Bevo has headphones on, so go ahead. <laughs> and we'll play this low in the background. Turn them off. Soup Nazi's a classic. classic. Soup Nazi, great. No soup for you. Okay. Sponge worthy. Sponge worthy. Very <laughs> nice. Evo, you know what that's about, right? Oh, yeah. Elaine is her favorite. <laughs> okay, moving on. No, and Elaine is absolutely my least favorite. Oh, Elaine's the. Julia Louis? Veep's <laughs> a great a show. No. Okay. Any other great yeah, moments? One, one more. Give us one more. Uh, George kills his wife accidentally. <laughs> Susan. <laughs> Poor Susan. Okay, Bevo actually does like that one. Okay, that one was funny. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go get more beer. Okay, thank you, Scott. All right, so I'm, while you do that, Scott, I'm going to read a question for the guys from our good friend, Gail Ann Williams. Any thoughts on minor species that are part of Cool Ship Brews but not included in commercial brands, blends so far? Most famously, beatification is said to be partially defined by Clochera apiculata. That's the first time I've said that out loud, but <laughs> sounds a little tropica. Clochera apiculata. I'm getting caught. All right. Uh, that, that died. For example. <laughs> but then I got a laugh from Bevo after the fact. Thank you, Bevo. Uh, or do I just not know it's being cultured? Overall, what is the laboratory future for other members of the Wild Kingdom? What do you guys think? That's a great question. I think minor species like that play a pretty, a pretty big role in cool shit beers, uh, given that they're spontaneously inoculated. Um, it's more difficult to make such a minor species a big player in a lab-created culture because you can't, it's, you can't really isolate out every minor species and then propagate them all individually and then package them and ship them because some of them attenuate wart to a lesser degree. So basically the package you'd be shipping out would be somewhat of a malt bomb because other things are going to start attenuating that later. Yeah, I guess at the end of the day, they play a pretty important role in spontaneous fermentation, but I don't know what to what extent that's viable in a yeast lab. Well, there are things like pikea, which you know are kind of part of those kind of style of beers that people are still trying to learn the best way to incorporate into beers and see if you can, you know, make a yeast lab pitch that creates a certain flavor profile with some of those. So I think that culture is a, something that people are really interested in right now and see what it can do, at least in a lab, lab-created environment. So our, our Sour Solera blend has at least a little bit of pikea in it. Some of the earlier releases of that were a higher percentage of pikea, um, but because that blend is just... Basically, things are added to it in a kind of a Solera style. There's still probably a small amount of Pikea left in there, but not as much as there once was. We have this uh, Embrace the Funk uh, Yazoo beer open, and I was just mouthing this guy. Uh, the, the Pikea just jumps out of the glass on this one. <laughs> the first thing I thought when I drank it is Pikea explosion. Pikea for days, really. Oh, <laughs> but this is with the Sour Solera uh, from you guys and from our good friend Brandon Jones over at Yazoo slash Embrace the Funk. And, uh, yeah, this beer is wonderful. It has that same, from the last show, it has that same quality, that sort of cotton candy, you described it as pleasant cereal. Uh, Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops, yep. Specifically. This one's more, I, I said this a bunch of times on the show before, and maybe I overuse this, but the Pez candy, yeah, the Pez. chalky, or the... The warheads, or what's the other one? Like the there's more like lemon, the, like sweet tarts. 
Lemonheads? That's another thing, right? Yeah. Sweet tarts. Yeah, yeah that's all, it. All those that candies too. that have that sort of the chalky acidity, yep, yep, citrusy exactly. acidity. Yep. Yeah, this is great. So what, what's your recommended use on this Sour Solera? Brandon, I think, did a great job with this, and it's, it's what, what was it called? The picker is jumping out of the glass. I forget what it is. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's very present. It's kind of like, uh, I, I don't keep great check of hop varieties. So it's like, oh, yeah, Rakao. Yeah, that's <laughs> dynamite. I love Rakao. Parfait is my favorite new hop. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what do you guys, what's the recommended uh, usage of Sour Solera? I think it's got a, a few different uses. Um, some people use it kind of as a secondary culture. So they have like a, a house saison or whatever that they like to use in primary fermentation. And they'll pitch it in secondary into barrels. Uh, we've actually been getting a lot of people who are getting it as their starter fooder culture. So they'll get like their first 20 barrel fooder um, and then want to inoculate it with a, a good mix of microbes to get a, a rounded funk sour profile. So it's really kind of meant to start that kind of microbial community for a long-term barrel-aged sour type beer. But then also I like to think of it as like it's a starter culture in some ways where it allows you to add your own culture. So a lot of people will add bottle dregs so they can turn it, take it from something that they know will make a consistent, nice, funky, well-rounded sour beer into something that they know is theirs too, that they added something else to it, add a rare barrel beer to it or something to make Whoa. it unique. And then they can say that it's their house culture and then they'll constantly add to it and make it unique. And so it's totally different from when they originally fermented with our culture. You're, you're down with that, right, Jay? Sure. People using your dregs? Yeah. What arguments have you heard from brewers who are not? If they feel like it's kind of, I don't know, on some level, like, stealing from them. The like proprietary blend. Yeah. But honestly, there are ways to get around that if you're a brewer, too. Um, we've talked about them on the show. And actually, our, you know, our, our beer is bottled with wine yeast, not to prevent people from getting our culture. It's just we, we like this yeast. Mm -hmm. But uh, we're, we're starting to come out with a lot of... Uh, bottle-conditioned beers that do not have the wine yeast in it, so uh, just have Britannomyces and have all sorts of strains of Britannomyces, Lactobacillus, and Pediococcus over the many, many years we've combined all these different strains and mixes, and we've grown up things from dregs also at the rear barrel, so uh, I, I personally don't have a problem with it, but some people do, but I don't know what they're supposed to do about it other than... You know, try their best to have a, a killer wine yeast or yeah, sure. pasteurize and, and go from there. I think for homebrewers, too, it's like once they have that beer, if they're like, man, that beer was so good. And I may not be able to perfectly recreate it, but it's like putting a little bit of that magic in their homebrew makes it makes it fun. You know, it, makes you, it doesn't go away. Yeah. I mean, if you can just get a little piece of a bunch of sour beers that you love into your beer. And then maybe the beer you make reminds you of these great beers you've had along the way. Isn't that kind of a transcendent experience that's pretty cool like you should you should do that like let's it's like music it's all derivative but you right. move it forward and that's how we should be as brewers yeah, exactly hashtag preach <laughs> steven's calling from ontario canada what's up steven Hey, how's it going? Good, brother. Thanks for calling. What's going on? Well, you know, I was bugging you about the live stream earlier, so I figured I'd be, like, the first person to call in in a while. Uh, make you guys feel like there is actually people out here listening to you. We actually had to get a mound of dust off the phone to yeah. answer it, so thank you. <laughs> yeah, Bebo did sound confused as to why someone was actually calling into your show. Uh, I think she's a little bit. I think she's a little bit slighted by all the Seinfeld 
music, i got to say. We've thrown her for a Fruit Loop, for sure. <laughs> I, I just wanted to ask the guys, uh, Boo, like biology, um, I've used some of their stuff. Uh, in Canada, it's really hard to get, so I've had to, like, ship it to a border crossing and then go across and pick it up and stuff like that. So I'm really hyped to hear that it's actually coming into Canada very soon uh, through one of our local homebrew stores. So congratulations on that, because I know that shipping cross-border is a big thing for people uh, in terms of uh, the yeast labs getting that together, so I'm super hyped about that. But in particular, um, their cultures have been one of those ones that uh, I've used but wanted to keep alive, and one of the ways to do that is to overbuild a starter. And the question that I've had for a long time in terms of overbuilding a starter and being able to store a partial portion of that in the fridge for a while is, is, is it better to to stop the starter and crash it once it's uh, finished its replication phase before it's actually started to ferment out the wort? Or is it better to let it finish up in terms of those yeast stores that uh, strengthen the yeast and allow it to stay around longer and, and be a better culture once I get to the point that I'm using it again? I would say you'd want to let the starter reach finishing gravity. Um, so basically let it finish attenuating all the sugars and then give it an additional 24 hours to build so the yeast cells can build glycogen reserves and that's what the yeast really lives on once you put that starter in the fridge it'll kind of go dormant and those glycogen reserves are basically just storages of all of that leftover malt sugar that it's already attenuated and that'll help it live in the fridge for as long as possible okay great that's exactly what i needed to know like i said it's a uh... It's been tough getting your cultures uh, here, but hopefully I don't have to build, overbuild them as much in the future. But uh, looking uh, looking forward to getting a hold of some of the more interesting stuff that uh, I can't always order from you guys. So, cheers. Thanks a lot. Thank, Thank you, man. Uh, what, do you, what do you got going at home? Describe your home program for us real quick. My home program, uh, it's you know it's relatively straightforward. I do uh, a lot of mixed culture stuff, so the big thing that I'm probably working on is kind of like a – I kind of have a house blend, and to be honest with the guys, it does include some of the one of the sour Solera blends that I had, along with a, a bunch of uh, saison strains and stuff like that. Um, but honestly, I have a ton of Pinlock kegs that my big goal this year is to uh, fill with a bunch of different warts and inoculate at different rates and stuff like that and just kind of get some stuff going so I can play around with some blending because it's at a homebrew level, it's so hard to to get to that point but i was lucky i picked up a a ton of pinlock kegs for pretty cheap so it allows me to dump a bunch of stuff into secondary and kind of play with some different cultures see where they lead me and then possibly do some blending at the the back end of it so i have like i think i have 15 pinlock kegs so my goal this year is to to fill those up and and do some experimenting Awesome. Steven, you're so money you don't even know it. I totally agree. <laughs> I, I have one last important one last important question for you, Stephen. Do you do you yep. know uh, the hockey song by Jughead? <laughs> are, are you familiar with it? Song. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, n- no, I'm more of a uh, here. It's more of a Stomp and Tom hockey song. Got to be honest. Oh, okay. He, he he's the guy when it comes to hockey, who I believe is an American transplant in Canada, but you know. I hear you're a big hockey guy, aren't you? I am, yeah. So I need to play this for you because since you're from Canada, I think you're going to appreciate this. There I was, over in Paris, eating wine, drinking cheese. This guy comes up to me and he says, Well, 
Are you from? And I says, Yeah, I'm from Canada. I'm from Canada. And he says, Zutalor, monsieur, you are from Canada. Do you play hockey? And I says, Do, Do I, I play hockey? Well, I play air hockey, ball hockey, fire hockey, bubble hockey, field hockey, floor hockey, ice hockey, kitchen hockey, roller hockey, roller hockey, table hockey, twist hockey. And I play hockey, 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 Bootlegging bootleg biology at the border. (laughs) (laughs) It's excellent. So, uh, all right, can you guys hang on for maybe one more quick segment? We have a few more beers. We'll just rapid fire open all of them. We'll get into some other questions. And uh, can you guys uh, hang on for a little bit? We got more beer, so we can do it. Nice. Excellent. All right, well, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more hockey songs, Seinfeld references, <laughs> and other things Bevo loves Dude, on the Sour Hour. Hey, hockey, 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 hockey. <laughs> Nico, listen, our lawyers said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the, the next kids. meeting. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew for Your Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty crack cans. Tasty crack cans. This is Nick Impelitary with the East Bay, and you're listening to the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network with Jay Goodman. Wow. Wow. Scott. <laughs> Come on, it's perfect. What are you doing? Yeast Labs, dude. You're, bl- you're blowing up my spot. The, ye- the Yeast Labs don't know that I talked to both of them. They don't? No. Wow. I figured there'd be like a fierce rivalry there that I could blow up the pod. Now, now Jeff's going to yell at me. <laughs> Do you guys? We thought we were an exclusive thing, me and Bootleg. You know, faux life. No, well, they're, they're not on right Jay's now. Jay's been cheating they? on you. No. Well, I'm keeping them off so we don't hear the reaction oh, okay. of scorn. Just I'll, I'll cursing let them at Nick. Gather yeah. their emotions before we get them back on. Well, before you do, I want to thank some of our sponsors because I didn't do any of it before. Uh, American Homebrewers Association, homebrewersassociation.org. Come to the hashtag homebrewcon. Hashtag homebrewcon yeah. used to be NHC. Bevo with Bevo. the twelfth face, twelfth face of the night. Bevo's eyes just yeah. rolled so far in the back of her head they came all the way back around the other side. They did. That <laughs> happened to me once. <laughs> Have you ever like blacked out? You know, like not, my not, eyes? not drinking, like passed out. I was on a roller coaster like, once, yeah. and I love roller coasters. Ah, uh, yes. 
but it was like a, it was in uh, Europe actually, and it was like going so fast. Mm-hmm. It actually looked like there were curtains being drawn yeah, the G-forces. over my eyes. It was insane. It's funny you say that. That exact same thing happened to me on a roll on Goliath at, at Six Flags Magic Mountain in Southern California. Wow. Where it goes, it goes down a corkscrew. Oh, and yeah. as it was further, in the, turn after turn, exactly what you're describing. The curtain is just slowly coming down, and there's nothing you can do about it. Man. Those yeah. G-forces, man. I'll get what you. the hell was I talking about? Nick and Pelletieri? No. <laughs> oh, AHA. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hashtag Homercon. Uh, I'll be there. Jeff will be there. I'm going to ask about it. Ask him about it in one second. But Are you I mean, worried you're going to pass out during your, your, your talk there? Is that it? No, I actually don't remember why I brought that up at all. <laughs> I blacked out. Speaking of not remembering anything, I never remember to listen to other beings. Oh, rolling the eyes. Right. Oh, at okay. The, at the Thank hashtag. You. For the interruption. Anytime. Other hey, BN shows. <laughs> <laughs> she listened to other BN shows. Bruce Strong, Dr. Homebrew, Brewing the Style, and... The Session. Some good Session episodes, actually, lately. You okay. know, believe it or not. You're welcome. Poo emoji. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but uh, maybe coming back from break, I know we've got to get to a lot of beers, yes, but I want to ask Jeff. Jeff, what's going on with you and Hashtag HomebrewCon? Well, we're going to be presenting a panel. Uh, I'll, I'll be moderating a panel um, called Sour Power. Um, it's really just a meant to bring together some experts in the field of spontaneous fermentation um, to talk about their techniques, ingredients, um, and just kind of help homebrewers understand all the different ways that people are making awesome, funky, sour beer in just 100% spontaneous methods. So we have Avery from Jester King. We have James from Black Project. we got Trevor from um, DeGard and um, Dave Logston of Logston Farmhouse Ales. Kind of like an all-star panel of people kind of talking about their methods. So it's I'm, I'm excited because I'm going to be geeking out about their methods so I can make better homebrew myself. Hey, this is Avery with two brown thumbs. <laughs> <laughs> so Portland. Hey, tell us about your talk. I want to hear about your talk. Oh, we have uh, a talk with many great panelists. First off, me. And that's it. I don't have a liner. Uh, yeah. Hi, this is Jay Goodwin, and you're listening to Jay and, Goodwin. Uh, this, this is an okay podcast. <laughs> um, the talk is biggest mistakes in sour beer making. Dun, dun, dun. Perfect. Which listeners of this show will know is a common thread. And uh, we'll see. Are you just going to play the recordings of every guest you've ever had? Yes, to be the easiest talk you ever gave. I'll cut everything together for you, and you just hit the play button. I'm all about efficiency. <laughs> I just want to go to Portland and hang out. So, so it's perfect. <laughs> great idea, guys. No, I'm looking forward to it, and uh, that's going to be great. Great, it's going to be great seeing you up there, uh, Jeff. And uh, yeah, let's grab some beers. Let's do it. All right, so we have a new beer in our glass. We do. It looks like this is another. Just Jammer from Southern Grist and Magnify Brewing, and it's called Appreciate You, and it looks like you guys have labeled this with Sour Weapon L, parentheses, Lactoplantarum. So tell us about either this beer, if you want to talk about that, or the culture. Well, Sour Weapon L, so we have Sour Weapon P, was the PDO culture we were talking about earlier. L is the lactoculture, so this is the the one that I think people use to get brutally sour. It's that classic yogurty, lemony quality in sour beer. Um, so this one, I think it's great because like you know, Arnold Palmer is probably one of my favorite soft drinks to have. I um, mean, this is Southern Grist and Magnifies play on an Arnold Palmer. So there's, I think there is tea in there, um, and then the lacto 
and the lemon drop. I think these lemon drop hops yep. to kind of create that lemon quality. Lemon drop and Matueka. So this is just like I want to sit on sit on my front porch in, in Nashville and drink this and observe humanity. Yeah, this is this is great. What's the overall impression from Sour Weapon L? I mean, I think it depends on what you're what you're looking for. You know, we've done side by side tests of Sour Weapon P and Sour Weapon L in kind of Gozas, and L is it's so prominent that lactic character is so prominent that it ends up being kind of the main component of whatever you put it in. Like I said, that yogurty lemony quality. Um, but when you do like Sour Weapon P in the same beer, you end up getting more of the yeast character. Um, so when we use like a saison character yeast culture, um, that spiciness tends to come through a little bit more. But the lacto has just got that strong lemon quality. And so you know a lot of people have you know debated the merits of quick souring beers, but I think it really just depends on what you're trying to make. And I think this beer, Appreciate You, shows that that lactic quality fits in perfectly with the overall beer that they're trying to make. They kind of had a palette of colors and put together something that overall is um, better than the sum of its parts. Wonderful beer, and I agree with those uh, those impressions there. And we're, we're so just because we don't want to keep you guys too late, we're going to jam through all the rest of these beers. Let's see what we have next. This is Honky Tonk with the IPA yeast blend. Honky Tonk Brewing Company, Nashville, Tennessee, and it's the country style New England IPA or just any IPA. Who knows? Maybe it's Nashville Excellence IPA. <laughs> Citra, El Dorado, Simcoe, Comet. No pulp, aloha. That's what it says on the front. And this is with the IPA yeast blend. And this, I, I think this beer is great, but there must be a mistake because it's not sour. Oh, who, whose decision was that? Awkward. Weird. <laughs> I figured we'd break it up a little bit because we do we do more than just wild yeast and you know sour beers. Scott, so. hang up. Yep. <laughs> No. <laughs> so let me read a professional <laughs> hobby beers. So this is our IPA yeast blend that we've been developing and just makes, I think, a really great New England style IPA. Yeah, this is great. Double dry hop, six and a half percent. This is, yeah, this is wonderful. What goes into, and so this is a yeast blend. What what makes a great kind of hazy IPA or as the Brewers Association defined earlier today, hazy slash juicy IPA. What are the desirable yeast characteristics, and what does this blend offer to home brewers and brewers for that style? I think the main thing is just not even just accentuating the hop character, but also just having the yeast be another component of that fruity, juicy quality. You know, the, ha- the haze isn't a, f- a flavor characteristic. You know, it's it's a sign of you know how the beer was made, but... You know, the yeast that we want to add in doesn't just get out of the way of of the hops, which I think is, you know, a hallmark of your more traditional West Coast IPA, but really is a significant component in the overall fruity, floral quality of the aroma and the flavor. And so that was kind of what we were going for is to accentuate some of the softer qualities of the hops instead of the bitterness um, and just aroma. This beer's good. It's great. I realized, I was like, oh, we have another beer to get through, but I just poured more beer, yeah. this beer for myself. And I was like, oh, that was Damn. a wonderful mistake. But <laughs> So where where is, uh, we're getting a lot of Nashville beers here. Where's uh, Honky Dog? I didn't make it out there when I was uh, in Nashville a couple of times uh, last year. Yeah, they're, they're here in Nashville, you know. We, we work with a lot of uh, brewers locally, so want to show off what's going on here in Nashville, especially with it. a lot of people coming in town for CBC that it's really a, a way to 
you know, show the world that Nashville's putting out some pretty amazing beers and we got some cutting edge stuff coming out. I think Nashville is a wonderful city. I was lucky enough to go there a couple of times last year and, uh, as Scott is pouring our last beer of the night. How dare you, by the way? You didn't leave me any beers for me to stash in my home fridge. We have to go through every beer here in the studio. Unbelievable. It's because it's because I got here early, earlier than Scott, and uh, I opened the box. Oh. And so I was able to take inventory. And What a selfish jerk. Nothing's going on with him. But uh, quickly, while uh, Scott's open, let's do a non-beer question. We can go around the horn. Best hot chicken, go. Ooh, that's a tough one. So I had previously been a big fan of Pepper Fire, and I think that was my number one up until I just tried Bolton's, which is kind of a Nashville classic, uh, and that, that bumped down Pepper Fire a little bit. So I'm going Bolton's. You got to go to Prince's. It was the first hot chicken place. Yeah. But uh, Pepper Fire does has, have the uh, deep-fried grilled cheese, which Ooh, is, they only do that. I gotta say Bolton's too because it's one of the rare places that actually does hot fish and that's hot fish is my thing. So. Mm. I'll sound like an echo here, but Pepper Fire is my favorite. Wow! My house, so. Two boats for Big Pepper, Pepper Fire. Fire yeah. Shout out to Dino's though because their Dino's is just a great like late night dive bar hang and uh, their hot chicken's great. It's not like a classic hot chicken place, but. Uh, if you're looking for a hot chicken at a dive bar, they do it pretty good. So I, and Brandon will kill me for saying this, but uh, we went to a hot chicken place. It w- I don't think it was Prince's, but it's like on the same street as a uh, homebrew shop slash bottle shop. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, so Hattie B's. Hattie B's Prince's? Hattie B's? Ooh, that sounds familiar. Is that? Oh, but yeah, the Bolton's thing sounded familiar too. Bolton's is definitely a hole in the wall. Hattie B's is like a big tourist, Nashville tourist destination. So yeah, Hattie B's serves beer, and the sides are better. Oh. oh. <laughs> 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 we might have to have a sidebar to talk this part out. This is good. this is going to be like seriously one of the best CBCs in a long time. <laughs> I love Nashville. If you guys are listening, and I, I don't even know if you can still like sign up to go to C- CBC, or even if you can't, just don't go to the conference. Just come yeah. to Nashville. It's, it's a Nashville. wonderful city. It is uh, a city. We can all hang out, drink some sour beer, and I guess some beer made with the IPA yeast blend, also <laughs> from Huggy Tong. But uh, yeah, that's that's good good advice. But my my advice as an outsider: don't be a hero. Start seriously at mild. I know what you're saying. Yes. Oh, Jay, yes. like, I like spicy food. I'm starting with hot. L- listen, you guys, if you've been listening to the show the whole time, I think I've mentioned that I ferment hot sauce. I love spicy food. And, you know, I'm no wimp. You know that, right, Scott? You're no wimp. No wimp, you're, yeah. You're a strong man. <laughs> strong, strong man. And, uh... Yeah, just st- that was What's so that funny? was the loudest laugh from <laughs> yeah, behind the glass, the glass I've ever heard. I don't know why she thinks it's so funny. I'm a strong man. <laughs> that was funny. That's so funny. And I have your face on video, so I saw your face when you said that, and it was just the most ridiculous thing in the world. Pumped and I loved it. Out a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I'm a strong yeah. man. Anyway, uh, mild is spicy as fuck. Medium is like super hot, and then yeah, just just start. At the bottom, there's no shame in starting at the bottom and moving your way up by all by all the levels. But you'll you'll eat. And we got like chicken tenders. Eat the whole mild one. You, you could do that easily. Half of the next one up, quarter of the next one up, and I seriously ate like one centimeter of the hottest one. 
and it it <laughs> fucked that, me up. That gnarly. It yeah, fucked me up. You'll find too that the the mild or the medium is not the same at every place. You yeah. know, like it's mm-hmm. uh, varying levels of medium <laughs> that you get around. It's different for everybody. Speaking of different for everybody, we have a a different label here. Magical Britannomyces Tour, number four Afro Brett. <laughs> cool label. Brewed with rose hips and natural flavors from our friends at uh, Trinity Brewing Company. Ah, Trinity. And uh, I was reading this label before we started, and uh, actually a lot of these uh, pro labels shout out uh, Jeff and Bootleg Biology, which is very cool. French Oak Chardonnay Barrels, Brett. Lots of good stuff. What do you guys? Uh, and then, oh, and then your label was Funk Weapon. I think what is that number? Oh, number one and number two. Yeah. So, yeah. what do you have to say about this one? It's pretty great. To be honest, I don't. I've had that beer maybe was it three years ago? I think. So it's been sitting in sitting in our cellar for years, just waiting for the good times to send it and her tastes out. So no kidding. Oh, that's way cool. Yeah, it's held up great. Charity was doing an anniversary celebration, and so they wanted to do a single or sole Brett fermented beer projects. They tried every Brett culture they could get a hold of. And so this was our, our version. So they used our funk weapon one and two with this beer. And I, I really liked it. You know, I think it had a nice um, rounded quality funk weapon one, you know, by itself tends to be more of that classic um, Brett character. You know, I like to think it as like the Orval style Brett. Mm-hmm. Um, and then funk weapon two is by itself, like a very fruit forward, tons of pineapple um, citrusy quality but together I think to, they have this really you know more more enjoyable rounded quality too definitely that's great and the, the I've been I've become a big fan of rose hips in beer which I didn't even know what that was beforehand but just very orangey and fruity and I, I like the pineapple the Orval comments as well and yeah that makes this just a, a wonderful beer three years this drinks like fresh yeah sure for drinks. sure so it doesn't surprise me I, I i don't know if i've ever told you this jay but uh when trinity scott we don't keep secrets from each other okay well I, <laughs> forgive me for keeping one this long i'm going to spill the beans right now when we had trinity on the session many many years ago uh jason came on and he had sent in a bunch of his well maybe the most memorable beer i mean it's certainly up in the top five that uh, i remember drinking on the show was the pappy legba it was a saison i think it was a wild saison but it was like 13.5%, but it didn't taste a stitch over like six. Uh, and I just remember being blown away by how much booze was in there, allegedly. I, I remember, I think I might have accused them <laughs> of lying. Like, this is no way. There's no way. Uh, and then um, th- later that year at GABF, he appeared out of nowhere, like behind the BN booth, in between the, the black curtains or whatever, was like <laughs> handing me bottles of Pappy Leg. We're like, here, dude. And so 13.5% is plenty. At altitude? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Beef, beef. Remember I blew my knee out that year? <laughs> Dr- drunk on Pappy Legba. I think I was trying to impress Oh, uh, you were trying to impress a girl, and you, yeah. like, tried to walk on a... Um, a railing. A ra- yep. A oh, railing. And immediately and just he fell, fell right off. And he fell, but he tried out. to play it off, but then he limped for a while. I blew like, my knee out. I- I really hurt myself. Yeah, I, hurt myself. <laughs> I was off the ice for like four months. I really blew my knee out. I like that was your first thing after you said you blew your knee out. I couldn't play hockey play for hockey. like four <laughs> months. <laughs> Do you play hockey, 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 hockey? That's how I measure how bad the injury was by how, because how else do you, you know, you can walk soon thereafter, but you can't. Anyway, good times. Yeah, They know what they're doing over there at Trinity. And so do you guys do. This is great, great beer. And uh, I think the things, the characters you're trying to cultivate are coming out in all these beers. Yeah, they're great. 
wonderful stuff. And uh, one thing, I, I'm, I'm, I just have to get you guys out of here because uh, we've kept you far too long. But, you know, it's been great beer and great conversation. So I'll just ask you one last question. What do you think the biggest mistake in sour beer making is? Are you trying to get us to do your panel for you? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> no comment. Uh, so I guess my short answer is more and more often seeing clean brewers try to do the throw a barrel in a corner and forget about it or pitch bugs into a beer that didn't taste right and generally just half-assing a, a project that should be wholly assed um, Excuse me, what did you just say? <laughs> Fully ass. Okay. Your entire ass needs to be in the sour program. Yeah, all in, man. I've had beers that tasted like they were, you know, originally trying to be something else, but maybe they didn't turn out, and they just added some rat to it. And uh, I, I find those beers to be pretty uninteresting and definitely don't have a, a vision in mind. They're sort of just, you know, sour because that's all they can do with it <laughs> yeah. I, I think for me it's it's the ph arms race it's like how brutally acidic how much enamel can i remove from my customers teeth i think you know once a lot of people learn how to do sour beer you know it, it's fun to push the limits of things but i think i just try to think of some of the beers that i've enjoyed the most um they're usually ones that actually just have a nice subtle acidity that it's it's part of the whole beer experience um it's one aspect of it, not the whole point of the beer. We've talked about that happening with IPAs, mm-hmm. right, where it was, oh, get the IBUs as far up as you can get, and the same thing has happened kind of in sour beer. But, I don't know, I thought we were kind of past that uh, enamel stripping phase. I guess not. Are there still places trying to do that? I mean, the the sour beer movement is in different phases in different places. So yeah, mm, yeah we're in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and in and in the big beer and in the big beer cities, um so you know if there's a you know a, a brew pub doing a kettle sour in you know Green Bay, Wisconsin, which you know is used to a certain type of beer. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Green Bay, love you guys, but the the consumer base is going to be a little different than sure. San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, Denver, Portland, San Diego, Nashville, number one, of course. <laughs> Shout out Nashville. And it's not good or bad. It's just there's an evolution. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've been lucky enough to, to travel around a little bit and uh, talk to some international brewers, and they're listening to the show, and they have a way harder challenge than the American breweries. You know, they're dealing with people who don't even want IPA, right? They just, but yeah. but they're great brewers and they're passionate mm-hmm. and they want to make sour beer mm-hmm. because it's hard and it's exciting and it's flavorful and you know so you just go for it. But sometimes that's going to be hey, I can only do this lightly sour. But sometimes you got to knock people over. And it's interesting. Yeah. There's an evolution there. The way to wean people sometimes in, in the sort of less sophisticated palette, whatever, is to, is to blow them away with the big IP, IBUs or the big uh, acid. You would think it would be the opposite, right? Like you, you would want to wean, but maybe the way to hook people is to go extreme right out of the gate. Is that what you're saying, basically? Maybe, maybe I'll make a, a softer analogy. So a lot of craft beer making, making great beer, I feel like is you wake up, you're in a room that is pitch black. 
You, well, you don't know if you're in a room or not. You don't know where you are. You just can't see anything. And <laughs> you, you, you take first you take one step, and then you take another and another, and you're sliding along, and your hands are out in front of you, and your eyes are wide open, and you're just looking for some sense of something, and you slowly get to an edge. Maybe you find... Uh, a hole, and you're like, oh, I can't step there. Or you find a wall, it's like, okay, that's a border. And you just find a place where you're comfortable yeah. and can thrive. And this is maybe, I never saw the the, the movie The Room with Brie Larson, <laughs> you but uh, you didn't? Yeah. I don't know if oh, this is a description Brie of that. Brie Larson? I thought that was the person who started that. I don't think, you mean the, the, the horrible movie The Room that the disaster artist was just made? No, 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 no. Or room. It's just called room. Room. Oh, okay. I'm thinking. No, room. I never did see room. Yeah. So let me. Are you? Are you, are you saying like? So in other words, they're looking for something big to orient themselves, and then they can go from there. But I it, need a big but, wall. To but orient but saying myself. saying that it's an extreme move. Hey, I'm going to the extreme to be extreme. Is that's not most of the time. I don't think that's the case. People kind of progressively get there, and then it cranks back. You know. Right. So it's. I think sometimes it can be. Uh, I don't know, a dismissal that if someone goes way too sour. I mean, our, our beers have been more sour than we're comfortable with. And I think a lot of brewers across the country experience that in their cellars and try to adjust back. And, you know, it's just we're all figuring this out together. But I do feel like if someone is embracing like the, hey, I this is the most sour no one can be as sour as me. Well, that's not right because <laughs> anyone can be as sour as you yeah. because uh, I think it's been mentioned before, but it's not that hard to make sour beer. It's hard to make sour beer well. Hopefully that's a takeaway of this interview, this podcast, and <laughs> basically all you need to do is get bootleg biology you and go. then you'll be fine. Yeah, just throw it in yeah, there and you're I, done. I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're, we're how, how do we guys? How do we get your guys yeast, your mixed cultures, the Brett, the bacteria? Where can we meet you on the Canadian border? Yeah, and well, and along those lines, a couple of people from the chat have asked, "How do I get this to be in my local homebrew shop?" Awesome. Well, we we do occasional online sales of our homebrew cultures. Um, we have a link on our website uh, for all the homebrew stores that we sell through directly. Um, Short Finger Brewing is the one homebrew store in Canada that's now going to be carrying our culture. So you can pick it up locally or order it through um, Canada. And then we do commercial size pitches um, for people in the U.S. and internationally at any time. Those are all um, available to anyone. So Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for, for sharing these beers. And uh, shout out to all the breweries who have used your cultures and you're able to send their beers along. And, uh, yeah, I can't wait to hang out with uh, – with all y'all in Nashville. All y'all. Bring it on. Come and, to uh, What was that? I said, come to bootleg and come visit us, anyone who's listening. Oh, I thought you were asking me, but that's... Oh, okay. no, you, you can come. Jeez, you can come, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Let's do a meetup. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll get some bourbon and uh, some mild chicken. <laughs> to start. All right. Thanks, guys, thanks, so much guys. for coming on the show. Thank you all so much. Great show. Good time. You know, these, these yeast heads are awesome. Smart guys. Even the questions were like, 
almost too smart for us. You know, it's like I'm reading the question and I'm like, I can't get through it. Oh man, I'm gonna have to listen to this show again for sure. <laughs> Do I play hockey? Sorry, I you can play it under there. this under I was, a few I was reads. Looking for the uh, yeah, I'm from Canada. <laughs> That's my favorite. I could use some music for these reads. Speaking of yeast, I want to thank our great sponsor, the Wine and Hop Shop, wineandhop.com. It's where to get your sour beer, wild yeast, and bacteria from Omega Yeast and Giga Yeast. Most items are going to ship within 24 hours. And best of all, being listeners in the continental U.S. get a flat. The continental U.S., Scott, I said. Not Canada? Not Canada. Get a flat $8 shipping rate on orders under 25 pounds. Just enter being shipping in the notes field of the shopping cart. And the discount will be taken off after. Check out in the Wine Hop Shop. Is it located at wineandhop.com? You should stop. Stop. I bet you they like it at Wine and Hop Shop, Beef. Please. The amount of dad jokes that happen on this show, like, truly amaze me. Do they, though? Well, no. But... I still sometimes am oh, dumbfounded. So that's a better word. Speaking of dumbfounded, uh, I was texting Scott. Oh, there you go. No, go ahead. Oh, uh, we oh. need to do an upcoming, and this probably shouldn't be part of our. I, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but shouldn't be part of our regular show rotation. A one-hour sour hour. Mm-hmm. It's the no beer show. Right, Bevo, you come across the glass. You come out here, just hang out, and we're ju- we just answer n- just. Non-beer Non-beer questions. Questions. Yeah. What's your favorite TV show character of all time? <laughs> can you can Power, can you oh, get TV Jay yeah. to sing Bush, Bush again? So I don't know if you remember this, Beef, but we did a no beer show episode of the session many many years ago in Matt 2011, and uh, I got more email about that show than almost any other show I can remember. We, I wasn't we, there for that show. I'm sure. Will you be I wasn't. here for this one? The Sour Hour No Beer Show. Yeah, so exactly. So we have to do one with you here. could have potentially been out having a child. Oh, you might have been. Yeah, you might have been. So uh, this will be the true tell. Do you remember the the voicemail that my grandpa left me about Google, about Gmail being Google Mail that we played on the show? Do you remember that? If you don't remember that, you weren't there. Mm -mm, No. I I remember somebody from your family speaking Yiddish. That was a different time. That was a Know Your Yiddish game with with Marty. That was with Marty, Different show. That's all I remember. You were having Abby at that time. Shout out to Marty. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Marty. But yeah, we'll do that show. Are you done? Absolutely. All right. We can't tell people when it is, though. You know, we have to have them. Well, she's going to drop. Thinking they're going to hear beer stuff. I might still have to be back here, though, because somebody has to run these cameras. Hmm. We don't need cameras, though. How often are you switching? No, we're going to totally check out. (laughs) Now that I'm distracted talking to you, not at all. But I usually try to actually try to switch them Hmm. every time each one of you talks. Yeah, I'm running the camera. that's, That's BS. I just switched it for Scott's laugh. <laughs> Which one is it? Is it this one? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we're doing that show. Yeah, we are. Let's take a break. Let's do it. <laughs> God, you guys are great. Good job. Nailed it. Dinner. Dinner up here. Let's take a break. Please, please. I want more beer. <laughs> we'll be right back on Sarah. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. 
MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Hey, this is Vinny at Russian River Brewing Company. I'm getting funky on the Sour Hour on the Brewing Network. Do you have that lead-in music linked to Vinny's no, uh, liner? I do not. You always play them together. Uh, you know, I usually do, and I used to all the time, but I've, noticed I, it. I've separated always. it. Always. All the time. Uh, you have something to say about Russian River? Coming oh, up. yeah, that's right. We, we, like it needs any promotion. There's a, a craft series event coming up here at the Brewing Network's headquarters. Uh, you in, say uh, what you want. Next weekend. And uh, Vinny and Natalie will be here. Oh, and they're going to be on the session, are they not, Beaverly? Both Vinny and Natalie will be here Monday night. And it's been a long time since they were on the show. I think it, I think it was before I was even doing the show. I have been trying to book this show. <laughs> I don't even know how long. It's very we had hard. a tentative date in November, finally happening. Yeah, and what's really annoying is I didn't even book this. I just got an email saying, "Oh, Vinny and Natalie are available on this date. Put them in." Was it from Justin or from one yes. of their people? Justin, from Justin. Justin. Yeah, yeah. They're they were they are busy people. Vinny and Natalie. They're high demand. <laughs> they're already busy. Yeah, but right now especially. But great yeah. people. Yeah. So check out that session. Yeah. Speaking of award-winning brewers, Scott, yeah, Neshaminy Creek Brewing, they're the three times Philly beer scene brewer of the year. You know, so this copy is a year old. Are they four times now? <laughs> All these things, like, need to be bumped up. Yeah, question. I know, right? Two-time GABF Vienna-style lager medal winner, a bronze, and then another bronze for smoke lager, renovated tasting room with a variety of beer styles from double IPAs to sessionable poundable lagers to oak-fermented saisons and sour beers. Free brewery tours on Saturdays. New second location opening any day now last year. <laughs> Check them out. NishamniCreekBrewing.com. Uh, let's do some questions and get the heck out of here. Yeah, let's do it. Great show. Thank you again to the, tonight's guest, Bootleg Biology. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. Support them coming on the show. Go to bootlegbiology.edu.com. Oh. Or just Google it. <laughs> no one really types in the URL anyway these days. So. I know, right? It, I type it into my bar, but it just comes up on Google. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you're biology. about to do the space, and then you're like, oh, no, that's yeah. that's what I want. <laughs> totally. Uh, it is bootlegbiology.com. Speaking of dot-coms, this question that I didn't accuse got up to get, but he's I'll going to now. And all questions are brought to you by Dr. Lambic and his team. Check out yeah. the articles on sourbeerblog.com. Go to sourbeerblog for great writ as a great written resource devoted to teaching you how to brew. 
and blend sour beer at home. And now the Sour Beer Blog crew, how many people are there? Uh, apparently a lot. Is opening up a new brewery and tap room in central Pennsylvania. Check out Mellow Mink Brewing at Mellow Mink. By the way, what city is this in? It's in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. Mechanicsburg. Oh, that's right. What's the question, Scott? All right, it's from Mark. Mark in Nashville, as it were. He writes, hey, yeah, hey, y'all. He writes in, and he says, uh, Hey, guys, my mouth is on fire from the hot chicken, but I thought I would write in this question. Princes. He says, This question is directed at Jay. I recently had the Rare Barrels on the Shoulders of Giants, which he adds is uh, the, the Golden Sour Base with Peaches, and Jasmine Tea. That's the Lauren Limbach, or as many people know her as Salazar, Lauren mm-hmm. Salazar, uh, collaboration with the Rare Barrel. Mark says that he was in awe of the balance between fruit and tea. Uh, he said, I've always been intrigued by using tea in my sour program at home, and my question is specifically about the tea edition in the beer. How did you add the tea, and in what quantities? Have you experimented with other teas? With positive results? Yes. I think tea and sour beer works great. I think we've mentioned it before here on the show. There's a lot of, at least in our base sour beer at the Rare Barrel, a lot of citrus, lemony kind of flavors, which I think naturally goes with a lot of teas. Actually, it's funny because we brought up the Arnold Palmer type of beer that we had, which is Appreciate You Hmm. from Southern Grist and Magnify out of Nashville and using Sour Weapon L from Bootleg Biology. Big tea character, some dry hops in that too, or or hops, I don't know when they added it exactly, but I think it's a great pairing. Specifically for Lauren's beer, since it was Jasmine Pearl Tea, we actually talked to our local tea shop down the street from us in Berkeley and I think it's called Blue Willow. Would you look up for me, Scott? Blue Willow Tea in Berkeley. And that's why we got the Jasmine Pearl Tea. And what we did was we kind of did, we boiled some water. Yeah, got that? Yeah, Blue Willow Tea Company on 10th Street. Great peeps. And uh, they're like crazy obsessive about tea. And they source it from all over the world. They travel around to like try out different teas. It's it's awesome. Nice. And so we got some of their uh, jasmine pearls. And so you boil some water in a kettle, dump out all the water. So you just kind of have like a warm, steamy kettle. Dumped all the tea in there and it uh, it opens up the tea so it gets a little bit of moisture in there but you're not dunking it in water you're not losing flavor it like it's probably not the right word but like moisturizes it a little bit and introduces the water opens it up and it came out wonderfully and jasmine is just such a great aroma i appreciate the comment that it's balanced it's to me a bunch of jasmine and a bunch of peach but uh, we did it as a tribute to Lauren's roots growing up in Georgia. So there's the Georgia peach aspect of it. Mm. And then also the, the house she grew up in um, was surrounded by jasmine. So we wanted to introduce those two qualities into the beer. And I have to agree, it's one of my actually just favorite beers of all time. I love that beer. And uh, appreciate you asking about it. But yeah, tea and sour beer, awesome. Is it something where you can sort of start light and ramp up? How would you ramp it up if you wanted to start not heavy on either one of those things? I mean, just imagine putting tea in a you know a hot cup of water. You know, steep it for less time or use less. You know, you can just kind of play it by ear. But we definitely did Lauren's beer, which is more tea intensive, and then we did a different beer, Mister T, trademark the rare barrel, <laughs> and that was in in my opinion much lighter and just kind of had this like faint peach aromatic to it so it's all all these places in between and if you're able to blend then 
that's a that's a great thing to do too. So okay, a lot of versatility with tea. Did you cover other teas? Any that you yeah? Used? So Mister Oh, the the exact varietals. A long time ago, the Arnold Palmer kind of beer we made was called Happy Place. It's all in your yeah. There you go. Uh, that was uh, lemon peel and, I believe, gunpowder and gin matcha tea. And then Mr. T, I think it was a white tea. I'm not going to remember the name, but that was very good as well. Yeah, tea and sour beer, great. You know? Anything that pops to mind that you think definitely would not work? As like tea varietals? Yeah. I don't drink enough tea to really know, but I mean, it's not even just like actual tea leaves, but all the different... Um, Herbal teas, all the herbs that go into herbal teas, great with sour beer, too, I feel like. The lavender, the chamomile, yeah. citrus peels. Um, like naturally complementary flavors. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's like, you know, elderberry and elderflower and all this stuff. It's all great. Great with a little dash of acidity and wonderful and sour beer. Okay. Mother was a hamster and your father smelt of elderberries. You know the reference? I think that is Monty Python. It is Monty Python. Yes. Nice. Good job. It's about a 40-minute drive from Neshaminy Creek to the actual Neshaminy Creek. Really? I go. thought we settled that last time where it was close. Well, no, well, according to the Googles. Kind of close. I just had a fever dream about that then. <laughs> well, thank you to Bootleg oh, Biology. Maybe I'm wrong. I think Google's wrong. You know and we're I wrapping it up you. right now. Whatever. Thanks, Bevo. Thanks, Scott. Thanks to all the sponsors. Thanks to the listeners. Until next time. So early. Stay sour. Gmail.com. That's Google Mail.